Welcome back to The Ron Show for Friday. Oh, thank God it's uh, Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Ron Roberts, your host on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. So we're honored to have another city councilman on with us. We had uh, Keisha Waits on last week, and uh, today it is Councilman Jason Dozier. Jason, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me, Ron. Yeah. I appreciate the invite. So I was uh, doing a little background on you real quick. Uh, go dogs. Big, big Go yeah, yeah. I am uh, like a 25th year sophomore. You actually finished, uh, so kudos on that. <laughs> and then I, uh, I, I noticed you also uh, got a, a real estate degree from. Uh, was it was it a, a master's in real estate from Georgia State? Is that? Yes, yeah, master's in real estate for, in Georgia State. They actually changed the degree name since I've left, so it's now a master's science in commercial real estate. But, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm overeducated. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna make you mad and tell you, I went to real estate school for six weeks and got a license, so I don't know what they charged you for that, but mine was like, you know, $700. <laughs> well, 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 technically, they didn't charge me anything because I, I went on my GI bill. Nice! So, uh, and, Uncle yes. Sam took care of the bill. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You also honorably served in our military, and I want to thank you for your service. And as you thank continue you. to serve the citizens of Atlanta, uh, what caught my eye and, and the reason you hit my radar is because uh, city council's working on some parking regulation. And I, I get the idea, and I want to help uh, let you explain to our listeners the idea behind asking developers to uh, provide as much parking, but not too much parking to you know, work on the delicate balance between traffic and uh, the need for mass transit, et cetera, and so on. So catch us up to speed on what has been uh, in development with Atlanta City Council and their parking policies in specific areas of the city. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this, this, I don't want to call it a crusade, but this effort started earlier this year when uh, with the, the Gulch, the, so if you know where Falcons fans go to tailgate and mm-hmm. you know, Georgia fans for SEC championship games go to tailgate. That area by the railroad tracks uh, is being redeveloped. Uh, that was a, a, a development deal that was done a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And now that ground is finally broken, uh, we are seeing the first renderings of the new uh, 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 high rises and skyscrapers. And the first rendering that we saw this year uh, was a building that had a 14 story parking podium. Uh, with about 1,400 parking spaces. And considering that this is uh, a very transit-rich part of our city, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was time that we, you know, we relook at our uh, parking uh, requirements for, for developers because uh, a lot of not only what they're doing in the Gulch, but also what another developer, Newport, is doing uh, over by City Hall and the Georgia State Capitol Building and also what you have near Five Points Marta Station, uh, South downtown is coming back in a big way. And mm-hmm. We want to make sure that uh, developers are building spaces for people, not necessarily for, for people to store their cars. And right. so uh, we, we already have parking maximums. Uh, thankfully, city council uh, about five or six years ago said, hey, near transit stations and in the downtown and midtown areas, we're going to cap the amount of parking that developers can build because we want to ensure that we have people-centered development However, in my opinion, and, and, and to the opinion of my colleagues, that parking maximum was too high, and you ended up with these 14-story parking podiums. Uh, other downtowns in Chicago and San Francisco uh, and, and Washington, D.C. Uh, have maximums, have lower maximums than what we currently had. Mm-hmm. So we said, hey, let's lower our maximum so that uh, we can ensure that uh, the development that comes in this kind of blank slate that is south downtown uh, is, is done in a way that will make sure it's a walkable, more transit-friendly, 
uh, community versus a place where people are just circling the block for hours trying to find a place to park. And on the one hand, I can appreciate what you guys are trying to do because where that area is, there's already, like on game days, if you've got a Falcons game or a Georgia game, and by the way, Georgia wins more games at that dome than the Falcons do. I just want to point that out. Uh, or, or, you know, uh, like, where was it? We were coming from an Elton John concert, and on the same night, there was a Disney on Ice show at State Farm Arena. There was something going on at the Fox. It was just a an incredible traffic kerfuffle. There's too much of a bottleneck in those areas because you got a lot of the suburbanites who come to the city and realize, Oh my gosh, uh, this is kind of a packed place. And Oh my gosh, we brought our, you know, suburban assault vehicle down here and need, you know, (laughs) you know, a lot of parking for it. So I understand on the one hand, the necessity for doing that. And on the other hand, I can also recognize that there are going to be growing pains uh, associated with making these sort of changes. Uh, when my uh, now ex-husband and I moved into Old Fourth Ward into a condo, we moved into a one-bed condo, but we had two cars. And mm. that's because we came from outside Atlanta three years ago, four years ago. And, you know, cars are more a necessity outside the city and outside of a major city like this. So, And, and you know, Atlanta is growing the way it is because yeah. folks are moving from outside Georgia and Atlanta into Atlanta. So there are going to be growing Mm -hmm. pains, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of grousing about that. Have you heard much blowback or pushback? Yeah, I mean, that that was one of the concerns brought up to me by some of our residential developers. This is exactly what you talked about, is you have uh, folks who are moving into the city from Alpharetta and from Roswell who uh, want to be in the city and want that walkable lifestyle, but also have two cars or also uh, you know, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta is a very, um, uh, is, is, a, is a car-oriented uh, uh-huh. metro region. Uh, but the idea behind this is to encourage what uh, planners and uh, advocates call mode shift. So the mode of transportation, a shift in the mode of transportation that people prefer to use. Yeah. And if you build uh, uh, walkable uh, uh, communities near transit, then people will choose that as the way to get around and it's one of those it's, it's kind of a chicken and egg type situation uh people always say we want to be like washington dc and new york in terms of how accessible transit is uh and how you can get around without having a car but if we don't put the policies in place that ensure that pedestrians have a fighting chance in the city then you're not ne- we're never going to get to that point and so uh so yeah you'll have people who will have two cars who will rent or buy a condo uh, but, th- but we also have a number of people who are already living downtown who don't own a car mm-hmm. and who have to pay for that parking space and that parking deck for a car they don't own because many of our developments have uh, parking spaces as part of your lease. But mm-hmm. if I don't own a car, I'm essentially subsidizing someone else's parking space. So the inverse is also true. And so this legislation also encourages developers to decouple parking spaces from leases so okay. that you know, you know, you don't have if you don't have a car, you're not forced to pay for that that premium there. And also look at shared parking arrangements. Your office users are different from your residential users, which are different than your folks coming in for Hawks games or Atlanta United matches. And so uh, they they can all use the same parking facilities. It's just the flow is different depending on the time of day that we're talking about. So encouraging more of that type of usage, and you can do you can still have people who have a car too, and still be able to coexist with some of these other uses. But the way we design our parking space, the way we design these developments, they're centered on one use, and that makes that creates too much parking. And, uh, and I'll tell you this, you know the. Central Line of Progress, which is a group that oversees all the 
the it's a let's call it community improvement district. So they're trying to master plan downtown. They did a parking study just a few years ago before the pandemic, and you know on a Wednesday afternoon at the height you know of office commuting, uh, where people are coming in and taking up all the parking spaces, roughly a third of all the parking was still available. So at the pre-pandemic, uh, you know worst case scenario, everybody's in town and 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 they drove in. Uh, you still had 30, 30% of parking spaces still available for use. And so now that we've seen habit change with the pandemic and you see more uh, remote and telecommute type situations uh, where you see uh, different types of people coming out, you have new breweries and restaurants opening up downtown. Uh, there's a stronger opportunity to, to change these habits because what we've been doing for decades clearly hasn't worked for for a long time. That's why South Downtown has been a dead zone. There's nothing to do down there, nothing to see down there. Mm-hmm. And so uh these you know, this this investment in mode shift will really make our city the vibrant city that it used to be before we bulldozed all of our historic buildings and built parking lots. Now we have a chance to to bring our city back in a big way. And so uh that's what this legislation is intended to do and I think this is just the first of many steps that we need to get to where we need to go. Uh, I think it's a big one. So we're on with uh, City Councilman Jason Dozier, and we're talking about uh, parking maximums and minimums uh, with new development coming into back into uh, downtown Atlanta. Do you worry, uh, Jason, that these uh, policies that are going to be rolled into place uh, requiring developers to provide less parking uh, do you think that this is like putting the cart before the horse with mass transit not really growing at the the pace and level that you, you keep bringing up Washington, D.C. and Chicago? And mm-hmm. I would love to have the sort of rail network that Washington, D.C. has, but we are woefully well behind on that. Do you feel like uh, or, do, or is there any fear whatsoever in the council chamber that this this might be happening well before the mass transit is ready for those sort of needs? I don't think so, just because we have a lot of things that are coming to downtown regardless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, with Centennial Yards and the redevelopment of the Golds, you have with the properties at Newport Development Underground is being revitalized. Mm-hmm. There's, there's murmurs that, that um, uh, uh, MJQ might be relocating the Underground. I know uh, um, Masquerade already relocated there a few years ago. So, you know, in the next three to four years, you're, you know, right ahead of the World Cup. Uh, we we will see roughly three or four thousand more residents in our downtown communities, and those are people who are walking, uh, who are biking, who are uh, uh, spending money in these new commercial ventures, and uh, we'll start seeing South Downtown look a lot like what Midtown uh, looked like maybe five or six years ago, and it's continued to grow on that momentum. So I think the commercial investment, you know, regardless of what the regional transit situation is, the commercial investment has already been, uh, has already pinpointed South downtown as a place to where there will be a, uh, there's a lot of opportunity. And I think you see investment from the, from the public sector as well. You have the uh, $150 million uh, uh, re, reimagining of Five Points Marta Station. Mm-hmm. You have at least three or four city um city-owned and city-managed housing developments that are coming to downtown. Uh, You have all these different things that are this kind of confluence that's happening in a way that has never, hasn't happened in this area in 60 or 70 years. And so I think that regardless of people's willingness to 
hop on a train to go to Alpharetta, like I used to do in my weekly commute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there will still be destinations for people to want to visit. And uh, if, you know, maybe if, uh, you know, we ha- we start blocking off streets so that it's pedestrian only and pedestrian friendly, people want to be in those types of spaces. Yes. People will think of differently about how to get over there. So maybe I'll catch the bus. Maybe I'll catch the train. Maybe I'll catch the streetcar. No one ever complains about there not being enough parking on Bourbon Street, even though, it's a very walkable uh, place. Now, hold on, uh, hold, would... on hold on, hold <laughs> on. I, I, li- I, I lived in Louisiana for five years and Mobile not uh, a couple of years before that. Y- yes, people do complain about the fact that there's. It's that's hard to find. It's hard to find a parking space that, around. That. Uh, that, that's fair I, and i lived in louisiana before and i was stationed in louisiana for a post so that that oh, is okay. fair yeah. I, I i i will say though I, I stayed at hotels near there so i never had an issue but but so point taken but but at the end of the day <laughs> uh you know the lack of parking i should say this the lack of parking didn't pr- make it make it less likely for people to have a wonderful experience you're in right place. you still saw people walking it's, it's kind of like the yogi bear thing it's like uh, where you know where he says, uh, uh, you know, and nobody ever goes there because it's too crowded. That sort of situation. <laughs> right, is, right, right. Is is, <laughs> is is you know is like I said, it's a chicken and egg. Yes, it will be harder for some people to to maybe find a parking space as conveniently as they may have done a couple of years ago, but um, people will still be able to have access to these new amenities through by walking, by biking, by taking a bus and taking a train. And the idea is that. Uh, we want to make it a destination for people to be more likely to do so. You see all the Atlanta United fans who might only uh, hop on a train once every couple of weeks when there's a home game, but yep. they're on the train because it's a destination that is worth. People don't want to deal with the hassle of parking in those situations. I don't. I think that we have uh, already a good example of, of of what could happen, what we can expect if there maybe it's not as much abundant parking as we might have used to have. In, but, in, but to that point, do you not think that, and, and, and you're right, I used to do that as well. When we would uh, come in from South Carolina or Augusta to go watch uh, a Falcons or a Hawks game or, or you know something like that, we would stop at a, an outlying MARTA station, park there because it's cheaper, and then get on MARTA and come in and come out, and it was way faster for us. It feels like there is a little bit of an education that needs to be done for some of the folks mm-hmm. that live out in the suburbs and exurbs who like to come into town for Elton John, but are woefully unaware that uh, Atlanta is crowded. We crowded. You know, we got not enough <laughs> space. Give me about a 60-second summation. Is there is there something that can be done in coordination with the venues and even the, the franchises to educate their audience and ticket holders a little bit more about using MARTA? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I've been in meetings with Central Line of Progress, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Central uh, CIM, who's redeveloping the goals, and other stakeholders in the downtown communities about just that, about how do we reimagine transportation in this rapidly evolving part of our city. Mm-hmm. And that does include ensuring that uh, we we center uh, the conversation around MARTA and how easy it is for people to take MARTA to get from point A to point B, but also pe- making sure people can get around and, 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 and feel safe walking to, to these different destinations. Because the idea for 
centenary artists, you know, you come for a Hawks game, but these being you stay to go to a bar, to a restaurant, or go see a show. So yeah. the idea is that, you know, the hope at least is that you won't have this one big confluence of people in and one big confluence of people out. You'll have a, a day long experience, and people will want to stay here. And so I think those conversations are happening, okay. uh, and um, I'm excited to see uh, how that gets marketed and how that gets communicated. But at the very least, these are active conversations that we're having. Good deal. All right, more with City Councilman Jason Dozier after the break. You're listening to the Ron Show on the America One Radio app and on AmericaOneRadio.com. Follow us at Ron Show ATL, and we'll be right back. 